it's Karen Potter. I'm the director of church outreach for Covenant Eyes, and I'm joined today by my co-host, the one and only Sam Black. Hey, Sam, how you doing? Well, it's great to be here. What? Well, we we have a pretty exciting show today because we have one of our very own joining us, Brandon yeah. Clark, and his beautiful wife Tonya. We're so excited to have you guys. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. It so, is so much fun. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. We have an exciting topic. We have a new resource coming out at Covenant Eyes, and we're going to dive into that. But uh, most importantly, Sam, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, why we decided to have Brandon and his wife on today and um, a little bit about, uh, you know, some history of Covenant Eyes? Oh, yeah. So it is such an honor to have Brandon and Tony with us today because their story is one of hope and of redemption of life change and growth and and God just has this takes our stories uh, that are broken and messed up and he redeems all things it is just and their story is just a, a, a tr shows that trust and love and you know uh, Karen a lot of our listeners don't know this but um, Covenant Eyes is owned by its employees and so there is a passion that comes with uh, our team because many people recognize that there are things in life that has been so much bigger than we are individually, but the Holy Spirit creates that renewal and change, and we become passionate about that change. Having, you know, and, and from 12-step circles, it's having had that spiritual awakening, we give back the freedom we have received, and that's a beautiful thing about um, uh, living a life in freedom. The more you give, the more change and growth you receive yourself. And so I'm just excited about this this uh, this session because I think hearing their story is and and then connecting to this resource is going to be so valuable to our listeners today. <laughs> Absolutely, I think it's going to be a great testimony to the life changing power of. God and just how Covenant Eyes is a tool that you can have in your arsenal in your battle against pornography. So we're super excited. Before we get too far along and uh, get into this exciting story of redemption and healing, I would love to just kind of go through Brandon and Tonya Clark's bio, just kind of give you an idea of who they are. Uh, they have been married for over seven years, and they have one amazing, beautiful daughter, Bella, whom they are, they were blessed with after six years of infertility. So that is a very stressful process and they are just wonderful parents and um, blessed to have Bella in their life. They live on a small hobby farm uh, in Minnesota where it is freezing cold right now. <laughs> and they have, plenty, they have plenty of work and play, but most importantly, love to go around each day. Brandon and Tonya come to us today as an ordinary couple who went through years of marital struggles while Brandon used and eventually recovered from pornography. This journey came full circle when Brandon joined Covenant Eyes team in, as the parish outreach specialist a couple years ago. We are so blessed to have him as part of our church outreach team. With that life-changing experience and practical insights from their journey through the dark road of pornography and marriage, Brandon and Tonya seek to help couples come together and talk through pornography's impact and the road to recovery in a brand new resource that Covenant Eyes has, which is called Restored Vows. And we'll get more into that briefly, but welcome to both of you. It is so good to have you here. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Sam. We are really excited to, to be here and talk about this. 
Well, let's go ahead and start off with you guys maybe just sharing a little bit about your story, um, you know, and how, how your story and how working here at Covenant Eyes really led to the creation of this new resource that's going to help so many couples out there. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just kind of begin because it kind of starts with me. Um, I was exposed to pornography very early in life when I was 12 years old. At a friend's house, we were goofing around on the computer downstairs in his parents' basement, and uh, he pulled up an image. He asked if I wanted to see something cool, and I was like, sure, I like cool things. Um, but what I didn't know was that it was going to be a pornographic image. And up until that point, I had been pretty sheltered. I had never been exposed to pornography or anything like that. You know, even innuendo just had kind of flew right over my head. And uh, in that moment, everything really changed because I realized that this is what a naked woman like looked like. And, you know, then he continued on in images showing, you know, sexual things being done. And it really just twisted my mind. And it was it was more of a, a curiosity that um, kept me looking into it further and further and soon discovering videos and you know, I just, I wanted more because it was so foreign to me. I didn't understand it. The, the body was attractive to me. I was attracted to those women, but I didn't have a well-formed conscience. I didn't understand the dangers of what I was falling into so that by the age of 13, I was, I would say addiction. I, I was never clinically diagnosed, but, but for the lack of a better word, addicted to pornography and masturbation. And, you know, those two together just really locked things in. And so that would go on through much of my high school, college, and even into married years. And so when we started dating, Tonya had spoken with a couple of my girlfriends, actually previous girlfriends, and uh, had found out that I had used pornography. And so she asked me point blank. Right, right as we were determining whether or not we were going to enter a relationship, if I'd ever viewed pornography, and I knew I had to be honest and say, yes, I did, knowing, well, not knowing what the consequences were going to be of answering that. I just knew I needed to be honest. As you were kind of going through your story, um, I kind of, uh, you know, my heart went out to Tonya in this process because so many young women in that dating process now are, you know, they're coming to the realization that they're their fiance, their boyfriend has been exposed to pornography or is actively involved in using pornography and masturbation. So how did that make you feel, Tonya? Because I think there's a lot of women that would really like to kind of understand the feelings that you were going through because they're probably sharing some of that as well because it, it is a definite journey for you as well in this. Um, so I guess uh, for me, you know, about that time, I'd been in ministry for a little while before then. So I knew pornography was a thing, um, but I think I was pretty uh, ignorant as far as like the far reaching effects and how affected guys are so early on. And it, and it was just, it's such a available thing. Um, I had never experienced it myself personally. If I knew guys that had, I didn't know it because people didn't talk about it. Um, so I knew about it because I knew that it was a, a thing um, that guys struggled with. And that's really all I knew that guys were um, attracted to the female body and that that was pornography, if it was misused, misused or if they manipulated their body, it was masturbation. So I knew the basics, but just pretty much that. And I think like 
most girls, you're kind of looking for your, this, you know, myself, I was looking for this Jesus figure, you know, somebody who remind me of Jesus. And, uh, um, and so, I mean, the hope was that you'd find somebody who didn't have weakness, right? <laughs> um, you're looking for somebody who's perfect. Um, but then on the other hand, nobody is. So I had kind of like a dual thing going on. Um, uh, I was raised in a very wholesome background. I didn't have a lot of exposure to a lot of negative things. Um, of just like normal family bickering and stuff like that. Grew up on a farm, not a lot of, you know, temptations there, cold weather. I mean, that's <laughs> a lot of that. Um, but entering into that world with Brandon and just being aware of some of those things. My mom had always told us growing up that you will never find the perfect guy. He doesn't exist. So you have to know what you think you can handle. What can you live with? Um, so when Brandon was starting to pursue me, um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to kind of do some of my own little research here and uh, in, a, in a sense to test it out, you know? So, uh, so I got some information from some of his past girlfriends and I was like, okay, now I have a foundation. And uh, I knew that honesty was a big part uh, of what I would need in, in a husband or anybody I'd want to marry. And uh, so I wanted to be able to ask him those questions point blank. And I wanted to already know the answers. <laughs> <laughs> so then I knew if he was lying or not, because I knew if he was going to lie about it, we, we had nothing going here. You know, this isn't going to work. <clears throat> um, so when I asked him point blank and he answered honestly, I was like, okay, Lord, he answered honestly. So that's what I asked for. So we're going to continue forward. So I guess I just asked for moments of clarity from the Lord so that we could continue moving forward. Um, and, and things did pop up, you know, as we were dating and things, he, he would fall and he would admit he fell. And that was crushing to me. Um, we, I mean, we, we were living a, a chaste relationship. And uh, we were, you know, interacting with family. We were like so many wholesome things going for us. And then, and then this would happen. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, dude, this is not cool. Um, and my first reaction to it when I, when he first told me that he fell, I was crushed, absolutely crushed. And I think in my, in my, you know, little maiden brain, I was like, oh, I'm the perfect girl for him. So now this won't be a problem. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's not the way it works, obviously, but I didn't know that. <clears throat> um, and so I, I was frustrated. I was hurt. We were in the car. We were going go to go to, go to church that morning. And uh, I left the car, went back to my apartment and locked the door so he couldn't come in because I just, I felt so violated just on an emotional level that he'd gone to seek out that kind of um, interaction with somebody else. Um, so... So, you know, it brings up a really good point. And I think this is probably one of the most powerful things about restored vows as a resource um, that Covenant Eyes has to offer is that your story is so real. There are so many people that can relate to what you are saying and what you're feeling and what you're going through. You guys lay it all out there for everyone and you hold nothing back, which I think is really, really important because part of the recovery journey is being open, honest, and transparent. Um, when you guys were when you guys were putting together this resource, you know, was it hard to to really kind of put yourselves out there, but knowing that God was going to use this resource to change so many lives? Um, I think the hard part wasn't necessarily 
putting ourselves out there because one of the programs that we went through in recovery talked about how unshared pain is wasted pain. So our misery, as, uh, as I heard one time in one of our pastor's roundtables, uh, our misery becomes our, our melody, right? So that wasn't so hard as much as going back into those times that you know we were now two, three years removed from and diving back into those details and trying to remember you know, what the feelings were when we were going through the hurt and the betrayal, when we were at our lowest points. That was probably the most challenging part for me. I'm mm-hmm. not sure about you. Yeah, <laughs> even now just thinking about it, it makes me tear up because you, you reach a point of healing um, in your marriage and you're like, okay, great, we're gonna take this road instead. Um, so now you're looking forward. And then, so coming to do this resource, because I had also agreed, unshared pain is wasted pain. Um, and that honesty, I feel like that honesty is so lacking, uh, especially in areas of couples, because we want everything to look good. Like we've got everything all together. Everything's good here. Everything's fine. Um, but it's not, it's falling apart. And, uh, all of a sudden, you know, people aren't together and you didn't even know. Um, and, uh, for me, I, I was, you know, if, you know, Brandon was like, I, you know, we really want to do this. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give it to the Lord. If the Lord wants us to do it, we will. And he'll help us through it. And so I just really relied on the Lord there. But when we were going through some of this stuff, man, I, even though we'd worked through it, I feel like the Lord used it as an opportunity to take off another layer um, and start healing from that layer. Uh, because I, we were working through some of this stuff and I would just stop and just bawl. And I'm like, this is such a dark place. I don't want to go back there. You know, and Brandon would just, you know, listen to me, cry through it. And I look up and he's crying and, you know, just uh, letting the Lord guide us through those um, moments. And uh, sometimes real slow. And sometimes we had to stop writing for the day, you know. Um, But it was uh, another level of healing, I think, that we needed. Um, So it was very healing for us. And I just, I pray that it's very healing for other couples as well. Tonya, one of the things that I I love about what you're saying is that you guys were both in pain. You were both hurting. And, uh, but you couldn't solve this on your own. You, You had to reach out for help. You reached out to the body of Christ. You reached out to uh, support. Can you talk about those first, that that bridge, that gap that went from, okay, we've been trying and this isn't working and then taking that leap to reach out to someone else? Yeah, well, for us, it kind of comes, it was one of our lowest points of our marriage. You know, we had been trying and we would gain some ground and then just like, seems like just completely lose everything we had gained. And it was just culminating and culminating uh, and just building upon each, each instance, each argument um, until one time we were in Duluth for uh, in my previous position, a work uh, function. And we had gotten into a disagreement and I had pushed her to the point of leaving the place that we were staying and she walked out and uh, we got into a, a very, very big fight. And um, she had walked to a, a local hotel because she was going to get a room. She was going to get a room to stay overnight because she didn't want to be near me. 
at that point because I was not safe. Um, and she didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I was being emotionally abusive, basically. And um, I had thought I had convinced her out of the, the hotel room um, because the, the manager had come forward and said, you know, I'm sorry, we don't have any rooms. Uh, you need us to call the cops. And um, I said, no, no, we're fine. And we had walked out of the hotel room and I thought I had a victory. And we walked out the door and started walking away and the cops showed up. And uh, that, was, um, that was very humbling and, and rock bottom for me. Um, and my friend, a good friend of mine, uh, had mentioned the, the program that we had, that we went to and, and eventually found healing from a few times. And I thought, no, that's not for us. That's not for us. And in that moment, um, that God, nobody got arrested or anything like that. Um, the cops just told us, don't talk to one another, you know, go your separate ways and, and let's get through this. Um, but in that moment where she went back inside where we were staying, I stayed out and I called my friend. I'm like, we can't do this anymore. We're, we're, we're going to lose this marriage if we don't get help. Yeah, I guess uh, for me, mine, mine started a little earlier. Um, and I had that summer, uh, that spring, actually, I had um, started counseling for myself. Um, it was something I invited Brandon to, but we weren't that bad, you know, kind of... Uh, <laughs> You don't need this yet. I was very prideful. <laughs> and um, but for myself, I I started seeing certain reactions within myself um, that I was starting to spiral out of control. I was starting to lose my temper. I was starting to react emotionally and losing my own kind of uh, sense of, of of worth um, through it, um, and kind of second guessing even my thought pattern. Like, am I going nuts here? Like, what's really going on here? Um, and so having that counselor to, to talk to, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a husband bashing session. It was a, this is what's going on inside of me. And I'm scared, um, by, by the person I'm becoming. Um, and, uh, I really need to talk this out. Am I, am I going nuts? You know? Uh, so he, um, offered great support. I, I went weekly, I think it was weekly for a while. I loved it. I really looked forward to it. Because uh, it just kind of cleared my brain, it gave me a chance to breathe um, in my kind of my own space um, to, to take a break. Um, I always invited Brandon to come with just to listen. He didn't have to talk. Um, and he came for a few of them just to listen, and he just sat there and listened. He didn't feedback, and that was fine. Um, and then we did uh, Duluth. Duluth happened, um, and uh, honestly, when the cops showed up my faith in humanity was renewed. I was like, wow, somebody from that hotel called the cops and I don't know them, but I already love them. Like, I was just, I felt, I felt loved and cared for by another person. Um, and I didn't even know who they were. So for me, that was kind of a, this kind of the start of kind of a redemption um, because I saw it choose something in Brandon um, that when we got home, we went back to normal life, but emotionally, I was even farther drawn, withdrawn from my husband. Um, and I knew that things were going to start to spiral somewhere, either up or down. And uh, I was set for them to spiral down. And then he called me and 
asked me if I would be open to doing uh, a rectifier retreat with him. So. Thank you so much for sharing that, that story. I know that's painful and it's hard. And, um, you know, there's a lot of leaders and pastors and priests that are listening to this podcast um, because they have a shepherd's heart and they care and love for the people in their congregation. And like you said, there's a lot of people sitting in those pews, married couples who paint on a really good face on Sundays, you know, show up to soccer meets with the kids. Everything looks good on the outside, but behind closed doors, they're falling apart. And we know that statistically 56% of marriages end. Um, and they mentioned that pornography is one of those, the reasons for divorce. Um, and we know that there's a lot of people just carrying these burdens behind the scenes and not talking about it. So for our pastors, our leaders, our priests, anyone out there with a servant's heart that's looking to help couples, do you have any wisdom or advice uh, how they can seek out couples and help them engage before it blows up and before it gets too far um, to the end? You know, is there a way that they can engage upfront a little bit more promptly? Yeah, I think... Um just being a one being aware of of programs uh like like the one we went to marriage intensive stuff like that to have that in their tool belt i can't tell you where we would be without you know retrovi what we went through um and how it was only brought to the diocese uh, a couple of years earlier because the foresight of that friend you know um who saw that there were hurting marriages and so i think just just being aware of those things, but then also being open to hearing the stories of those couples of, you know, just having that open door that if you're struggling, you know, come, let's talk about it. I think so many people are one, ashamed, and two, prideful that, you know, they won't do it themselves. But an invite, a personal invite goes an awful long way because you don't want to find out that that couple have been sitting there struggling for years all of a sudden where are they well they got a divorce you know so um those are a couple of things that i would think of yeah and uh, karen honestly i think we spoke to that too um we put on a really good face look make it look like i mean i remember i remember literally we would be in the middle of something in the car minutes before walking in the church minutes <laughs> And we would have fought all the way to church. I would be crying. He would be yelling and, you know, just at me in the car all the way to church. <laughs> we leave the parking lot. I'd go to the bathroom, you know, cold washcloth on the eyes does a lot to take out the red and show up for church, ready to pray and smile. And then we'd leave church and fight all the way home. Like, um, I know we're not the only couple out there that has done that and or, or, or does that. Um, so, um, I guess just engaging in conversations with couples, again, having those tools, being aware of it. Um, so many times they only see what's, I mean, church leaders only see what shows up in the pews. They didn't see the nitty gritty that came out of the parking lot and they don't see the nitty gritty that happens at home. Um, so engaging in relationships, you know, um, meeting with people in their homes. I don't know if they, if that's acceptable thing, you know. It for coffee, game nights, engaging in a relationship outside of the public eye, but still within um, a kind of a public setting or whatever, however you want to do that, and engaging in that. And some of those questions, asking some of those, those deep seated questions that maybe people don't like to ask. 
Yeah, I mean, we were made for a relationship, right? So I think one of the things that we've gotten really bad at is relationship, you know, being able to go forward and ask, you know, how's your walk with Jesus or, or how is your marriage doing and getting past the, oh, it's good. Yeah, we're good. Family's good, right? Because that's not going to help anyone. So really working on building that and becoming better at relationship. I mean, we all had, all can grow in that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a key too, is just learning how to talk and not give those surface answers. Yeah. And we've actually don't accept those answers from each other. If I say, you know, Brandon, how's your heart? And he says, good. I'm like, and <laughs> good is not an acceptable answer. <laughs> how, how are you feeling? I feel fine. Well, yeah. Not a feeling, right? <laughs> that's true. You know, uh, one of the things that you're, you're talking about too is emotional awareness. Uh, one of the things about pornography is it it gets stuck early on, typically. That's from both men and women. And uh, it becomes an escape. So when emotions and, and, and hurtful thoughts and memories come or you had an argument, pornography becomes the escape. Because we're not very good at actually dealing with those feelings and emotions and being self-aware. And one of the beautiful things about pornography recovery and change, life change is that it not just deals with the presenting issue of, hey, just stop using porn. You know, you just don't put that in a box. You get to unveil that and open that up and go, well, why are you going to pornography in the first place? Let's look at that. What happens when you get angry or frustrated or irritated or sad or depressed? And when we talk, start talking about those emotions and then creating healthy ways to deal with those emotions, we're not only dealing with pornography. We're enriching relationships in marriage, or relate relationships within friendships, relationships within uh, reflecting Jesus Christ in our lives. I, uh, how, how they, can you, this, do you catch that kind of sphere in your own lives? I mean, I, I, I see it evidently. So <laughs> is that my self-awareness today is much different than it was before the marriage intensive and this and this journey that you guys have been on yeah i mean before i would if she would ask why i would go into these like why i couldn't stop the anger like why i would just let it like show forth and honestly i told her i, I don't know when it's coming it just comes and it it, it explodes you know i was not even at a, a point where I could even feel it creeping up. And so it would just, my emotions are just all over the place, you know? And as we got more into working with some of the tools that we got from the intensive, you know, recognizing that feelings, emotions are neither right nor wrong. They, they just, they exist. This is what you're feeling. And recognizing that our battle is not against each other. It's against the, the object in this case, the, the whatever is causing the emotions, right? And so we need to work together as a team. And so while I still struggle with emotional control at times, you know, I think we've, we've done a lot better in being able to recognize when those things are coming, how they're affecting us and, and to stop and, and reset, recognizing that we're on the same team we can take on whatever is causing this problem, but we need to be continually on the same team in working through that. 
And I think that's been a huge help because I've, I've gotten to the point where, you know, I, I've told her that I can feel when the irritation is starting to well up now, right? And when I pay attention to that, things end very well. When I just let it go like I did in the past, although it's not as bad as it was, um, but that's still not an excuse, uh, then, then we, we fall into the same traps. So I, I really like what you're talking about with that, that self-awareness, because I think the tools we gain really help a lot with that. Yeah, and and for me that was a little bit of a hard pill for me to swallow because uh, I was I grew up with a high level of self awareness, um, and then seeing somebody struggle with that didn't have it to me it was like a foreign country. I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? Is this normal? Um, and just coming to know that, you know, his you know f- family of origin, all those things tie into his exposures. Young, I I still remember, um, and. When he was, uh, he got the Coney and Ice job and he was going through all the resources, super passionate. He was, I, I loved to see him take on the job at Coney and Ice because he, he just blossomed in a way that I knew he always wanted to. Um, and I was like, praise the Lord. <laughs> um, and I was literally folding a basket of laundry on the bed behind him while he was listening to one of his resources. And so I would, I would listen. Um, as well. Uh, and uh, I was folding the laundry and I was listening as he was listening to one of the resources and it was talking about your the neural pathways in your brain being formed a certain way. Um, and if it, if you're constantly exposed to pornography, they're formed one way. If you're not, they're formed a different way um, where people, you know, you treat people as people, not as things. And uh, I, I was listening to that and I was like, oh my God. That makes so much sense. That has been my reality for, that was my reality for so many years of the first part of our marriage. And I think as what I'm, as I'm seeing things happen and unfold in just lives around us, unfortunately, that's the reality. More and more of the reality of the world that we're living in is that those are the form, the pathways that are being formed in people's minds are people are things, not people. And they're being used to not love. Um, and so reforging those pathways takes time and patience. Um, and that's something I've really had to connect with myself, just being very patient um, and allowing those pathways to be reforged um, and relearned so that that self-awareness can come. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why I really, really love this resource that we are unveiling. And for pastors, leaders, priests, anyone out there listening to this podcast, this restored vows resource that is now going to be available um, to anyone that would like to go through this is powerful. It shares the story. uh, It shares the pain. It shares the hope, the redemption, the healing the bumps in the road, the falls, you know, I mean, everything. It's so real and so powerful. Um, can you, uh, Brandon, share a little bit about how uh, people can get their hands on this new resource and what they can expect? Um, how would they leverage this with couples who might be going through this challenging time in their marriage? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for couples, they can text VOWS, V-O-W-S, to 66866. And that gets them signed up for this 14-day video series. It's completely free. And if you're a leader and you want to learn more about how you can roll it out in your church, I really recommend emailing communities 
at covenantis.com. That gets you connected with me and our other outreach specialists who are just awesome at what they do in, in seeking and, and wanting to help the different churches throughout the U.S. And I really think, you know, as far as leveraging it goes, if, if there's a couple that you're working with that is in some way dealing with pornography, this is for them. Yes, it's going to be a little bit of work, but you know, if we're not willing to work for the things that we love, then what's the point, you know? And, and that's where we really had to learn in marriage. Like, yeah, this is going to take work going through this intensive and ongoing work, but is my marriage worth it? And I really think that's the question we have to ask ourselves is what we're doing worth it for the end result? And for me, absolutely, the, the work is worth it. And it was painful. And sometimes it's still a struggle, but we need to continue to do that work. So no matter where a couple is at in their journey, if they're experiencing any form of it, at, at least showing them that there is hope for recovery. There is hope for healing and renewal, as Sam you know, talked about at the beginning with our story. That, that's, that goes a long way. And like I said, it's, it's our story. It, it's, we're an ordinary couple. You know, many couples struggle with pornography. And so if our story can, can help them, you know, at least get started on the road to recovery, then that's what it's for. And yeah, it's not going to solve everything in 14 days. Trust me, we've been healing for three years and we continue to heal. But it is going to provide resources, some practical things as far as conversation starters that I think can help at least direct the couple to where they need to go to find that healing and find that renewal. At least that's what we pray for. Tonya, Brandon, I just got to say thank you so much for allowing your malady to, to become ministry, to create um, uh, a resource that is going to change and help so many lives out there and marriages. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we pray, we pray it does. <laughs> yeah, we're just so blessed for the opportunity. You know, it's funny how the Lord just has greater things in mind than we could ever imagine. I thought I was coming to Covenant Eyes to you know take on this parish support specialist role and help churches and I am but then he's like how about this how about we how about we grow this how about we use your story to to help couples to help men to help women and obviously yes is the answer because he does great things with our, our misery with with our story and I'm excited to see what he's going to do with restored vows and honestly you know it's like leaving the 99 and going after the one, right? If we can help even one couple find renewal, uh, it's, it's so worth it. Everything that we've gone through is worth it. Well, thank you both, Brandon, Tonya, you guys. I, this is such an exciting time for Covenant Eyes. And this is one of the reasons I just love being part of this team. I love uh, you know, getting to know both of you. I love working with you, Brandon. I think this resource is just going to be powerful. And Covenant Eyes is a place where the people that work at Covenant Eyes really do believe in the mission. Um, you know, we are committed to helping people find freedom from pornography. We usually come to the table with stories of our own, and that's why we're passionate about what we do here. So for pastors, priests, anyone listening to this podcast, uh, we have a team of professionals here at Covenant Eyes uh, that serve the church and parachurch organizations. We would love to partner with you, help you, get you resources. Um, so that you can reach out to the congregation members and even to your staff and other leaders who 
who might be struggling with the issue of pornography. So uh, from all of us here at Covenant Eyes, we do thank you for joining us for this podcast and just know that we are here and we're with you in the battle. Thank you and God bless. Oh, 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 oh,